Okay, everybody, welcome back once again to Tech Gumbo. I'm Haggai Davis II, along with Haggai Davis III, and we'd like to welcome you to Tech Gumbo. Here on our show, we like to talk about the past, present, and future of all things technology in a topical, interesting, and digestible way. Without geek speak or a bunch of acronyms, we just want to talk about technology that's important to us and important to you. We also want to thank Cardinal Capital. To business owners and CEOs, hopefully you have a good relationship with your lender. Even if you do, sometimes you face other challenges, such as a need to consolidate debt, a want to level out your cash flow, or a desire to buy new equipment because you're in growth mode. If this describes you, give Cardinal Capital a call, whatever your need or challenge. They have over 4,000 lenders where they source commercial capital for business clients. Chris, Gary, and Rob at Cardinal Capital have a passion for business, and they want you to succeed. When you meet with Cardinal Capital, they get to know you and your business, so they can present your needs to lending institution that will best fit your unique situation. In short, they go after money for your business. They translate your business into what's important for lenders, and they are good at it. Depending upon what the deal is, no matter how complicated or straightforward, they will help maximize your profitability while setting your business up for success. They find the best solution for your situation, all while being fun and easy to deal with. For more detailed information, visit their website at cardinalcap.net. You can also call them 225-308-3700 or email them info at cardinalcap.net. So this week, we had the opportunity to interview Senator Bill Cassidy from the state of Louisiana. He Obviously, things are very busy in the Senate right now. So we only had 15 minutes and we grabbed what we could. Yeah, we were super excited for this opportunity. It took some months of planning ahead of time and even a little bit of flexibility on the day of. But even just to hear what he had to say and some of the projects that he's and the bills that he's working on, we're incredibly grateful for this opportunity to find more about it for ourselves because we're interested in all these things, but also to share it with you, the listeners. Yes, you'll hear him talk about the TLDR and the delete and the Children and Teens Privacy Act and he even touched on health data, Section 230, and, oh, maybe it's some type of a GDPR for the U.S. We would have loved to have spent an hour, maybe more, going into each of these more specifically with them. There's all kinds of questions, but we really did want to just get glimpses here and there to see what we could pick his brain on. He did seem promising that he wanted to come back in the future, so maybe we'll have the opportunity to dig more in later on. What we're going to do, this is the 15-minute interview with the senator coming up here, and you'll get to hear he does give some real meat. This is not just a, a, a politician fluff piece. I mean, he really has some opinions, and he, he did not hold back. Right. He also had some data. He had so he'd done his research on this, and it's clearly this is something that he cares about and that he is putting an effort in order to actually make a difference and, and work with a lot of different people to make this happen. That being said, here comes our interview with Senator Bill Cassidy. So welcome in Senator Bill Cassidy from the great state of Louisiana here to Tech Gumbo. Welcome, Senator Cassidy. Hey, great to be with you. Thanks for having me, man. We are so excited to, to have you join us, and we're really excited about the fact that several of the bills you've participated in lately have had to deal with technology. Yeah, man, I just figure that right now there is so much going on and Washington is way behind in terms of protecting the individual American. And so I don't know if we'll completely catch up, but we at least got to start to keep 
all of our privacy being monetized against our will or without our knowledge. We strongly agree. It's something we talk about often. And, you know, we'd like to go into more specifics. Well, one of the bills which you've been working on recently is the Terms of Service Labeling Design and Readability Act. Can you talk more about that? Yeah, so TLDR, which you just gave the real name, but for most people it means too long, didn't read. Once I actually tried to read the privacy statement that came, and you could not believe it was 10 pages of legalese that was designed to keep a company, to present the best face for the company if someone ever sued them, but it meant absolutely nothing to me, who's got a reasonable amount of education. Uh, So what we're trying to do is to make the terms of service actually useful so that if your grandchild sets it up and clicks agree, 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 they may do that. But if you ever want to go back and look at it, you can actually comprehend what's taking place. It's about increasing transparency and letting letting the consumer know that the personal data that's collected now they use it. You know, and that's great. We've talked about it. The game Candy Crush, a simple game for your iPhone, has a 16,000-word terms and condition page. Now, there is something they don't want you to know. And if they make 16,000 words, that is the opposite of transparent. So they're more likely to get what they want without you knowing. At least that's my cynical viewpoint. Oh, you're absolutely on on point with it. The, The... question I have is when when people are are wanting to go and look at these these terms and conditions and you're if you're not a a legal scholar what are some of the the parameters that you're going to in the legislation try and enact so that people can actually understand these things yeah so first to frame the to kind of move beyond anecdote into kind of objective data there was like a 2012 study that, that, that found that it would take 76 workdays for the average American to read the uh, agreements for the tech companies they use. So what we do, we our bill requires commercial websites and mobile apps to create a readable summary of their terms of service agreement so that you don't have to go through legal jargon, but but somebody you know with you know average education is going to be able to understand. And it requires the companies to provide an easy to understand summary. And uh, now we, we exempt small businesses. There's going to be a certain, okay, let's get the attorney that knows how to write this. So if you're a startup, you're exempted. But once you go beyond a certain point, we expect you to have the kind of ability to, to, to express it. And we also make the FTC and, and state attorney generals accountable uh, so that if the company decides not to comply, then there's going to be a legal remedy. You know, we, will, we like to put it, let me put it simply. Let me put it simply. We like that, we'd like it to read similar to a nutrition label on a food packaging product. I want to see my dietary fiber content. Boom, I can see it. My saturated poly, uh, unsaturated fats. Boom, I can see it. Okay, let's do that in a way which is meaningful to the user. I love that analogy. I think that's a great way to think about it. That's, you know, I'm, I can see what is going into my body for my food. I want to see what my data is doing and how I'm interacting with it. We also want to talk about the Children and Teens Online Privacy Protection Act. 
There's a lot of things inside of that that we are really excited about. What you're laying out in order to keep children safe online. Can you speak to some more of those details in that bill? Yeah, so, you know, 13 to 15 year olds are online a lot. This prohibits the internet company from collecting personal information from someone who's 13 to 15 without the user's consent. It creates an online eraser button, which requires a company to permit users to eliminate personal information from a child or teen. And it starts or implements a digital marketing bill of rights for minors that limits the collection of personal data from teens. So we can go in more into the problem we're trying to address, but that's what we're doing in a nutshell. And and I would love to just drop that to 15 and younger, because there's a lot of kids who are younger than 13 who are, are on these online and doing these these types of things. Yeah, so we, we do establish a youth marketing and privacy division at the Federal Trade Commission. Uh, we require the companies to explain what they're trying to gather in personal data. And if, you, if you've got an internet-connected device targeted towards children, there's got to be cybersecurity standards. Uh, and then we have a privacy dashboard, which, which, you can prompt, which is going to be just like that nutritional label, in which they describe how they collect, transmit, retain, use, and protect. Now, the law hasn't been updated since 1998. Think how the Internet has changed since 1998. We're just trying to update it. Oh, absolutely. So one of the, the questions then is what happens if the website is being hosted overseas? Do Is there some enforcement in there that says if you're going to have your, your services work on, on U.S. shore, you have to comply um, yeah. Oh, by the way, let me just tell you, the, the, the original copper bill was that Marky, my, my partner, Marky, the guy from Massachusetts, Billy Tozan was his partner way back when, when it passed in 1998. Oh, wow. So that's great. It's kind of a uh, thing. Now, as regards your example, if somebody is outside the U.S. delivering a service into, into the U.S., they have to comply with the law. That makes a lot of sense. The next question is whenever you say, okay, a lot of these privacies, you're talking about the digital bill of rights for children, the making sure that they have the ability to monitor how they're being monitored. Is there a path to extend these protections to adults? That a lot of these things are things that I would want for myself as you know, someone who is involved digitally. I get that it's much easier to make the case that we need to protect children is there a path forward to protect the rest of the users as well? So two things about that. If we're talking about privacy, it isn't just the online privacy we must need to be worried about, but it's also the data brokers. There's a, there's a large number of data brokers that are collecting data that's publicly available, some of it, some of it they get from online, and they collate it to create a profile of you and me that they then sell. So for example, they may buy location data, uh, which allows them to, you know, if you, somebody knows your location data, they know who you are. They know that you go to the pharmacy once every two weeks. Uh, if you have that particular condition, they may know they may know that you go to a diabetic foot clinic or that you go to an HIV outpatient clinic or that, you know, Grindr had their app. Uh, but that's, that's an app. I'm speaking of now just data brokers. They're able to put together a profile of what you look like. So we have what we're calling the delete, which would empower Americans to delete personal data that these brokers have 
and restrict them from collecting the data in the future. And you wouldn't have to do it for each broker, which is just a monumental tax task. It would, rather, you would have the ability to have a common, you'd have a, a hashed registry. Uh, and that hashed registry would be a central repository of someone who wished not to be tracked by a data broker. Now, that's on the data broker side. On the uh, Internet side, there'll be other people putting forward legislation as regards privacy for adults. Uh, and so we imagine that some of our work will be put into a bigger bill uh, along the lines that others are working on. But the more we talk about this, the more likely that bigger bill happens. So we've talked on our show here for years about Europe, the European Union's general data protection regulation, the GDPR, and in how if you're going to do anything over there in Europe, if you're Facebook or, or Google or any one of these with the, the data collections, you have to agree to abide by the EU's rules. It sounds like you're you're kind of thinking we're heading in that direction. So there is what I'm told, and this is what we're trying to work on. And you guys have so much more insight into this, but I, I, I understand enough to know what I want to do. What I'm told is that the EU law is so restrictive, it inhibits the development of big data. And so that Europe, that Europe is at risk of becoming a digital colony to the United States and to China. So we want to, so and here in our efforts, we are trying to ensure that the individual has control over her data, over his data, and, and, uh, and privacy is protected. But I don't want to go as far as the Europeans, in which if you wish to do big data, you would be incapable of doing so. Let me give you an example. I'm a doctor. I understand that if you can take the health records from 300 million Americans, you can learn a heck of a lot that could, that could heal disease, that could save money for the system, that would have better outcomes, you name it. But you want to make sure that each of those people is anonymous. So one thing that, if, you know, in the health space, that we work on that, that we would permit is so-called data lakes. Everybody's data is dumped into a lake absent their identity. And so you could parse it so that you could look at, okay, I'm a 64-year-old white male who happens to be about 6'1 and 195 pounds. I could, you know, come up with somebody with that sort of body type and gender and race and age and do research upon everybody like that across the nation. And you can split it any other way. But they couldn't come back and say it was Bill Cassidy. No, they would say, hey, this is one of 15 million people, one of whom might be Bill Cassidy. So, so we want to enable that, that use of big data for all the good things it can do, but we just got to protect people's privacy. Well, that sounds great. Now, we, we've advocated for something like that for a long time on this show. One of my concerns is it's tough to get anybody in D.C. to agree as to what time it is. How are you going to get something that magnanimous to, to work? One reason that I like this call and that we're working on this bill, the more attention paid to the issue, the more likely it is addressed. The more folks like you talk about it, the more it begins to kind of ripple through a common conversation, or at least that which people are bringing to their representatives, the more likely it's going to happen. That's number one. But number two, I'll also say that we've learned from the Europeans. We've learned from the Chinese. The Chinese, it's great people, but their government is all about spying upon them. 
the government of China fears the Chinese people. So we can strike a balance between those two. Hopefully the promise of big data can be realized without getting into the threat of a surveillance state. Uh, the more we talk about it, the more likely it is to happen. Point about more likely it is to happen. Also, we really respect the fact that you're working together with Democratic senators, that there are Democratic House of Representatives, uh, and that it is really a bipartisan issue. And that's one of the things that we try and emphasize on our show is that all Americans across the board want their privacy protected. They want their rights protected. They don't want to be surveilled and that there are common ground. There are compromises that can be found. And so that's one of the things which we do find especially cool about the bills that you're working on is it does have that feel of, okay, this is not just one party wants this, the other party doesn't. Everybody wants to move forward in this direction. If only one party wants it, it's not going to happen. If you're going to pat, if you're really serious about doing something for the American people, you got to listen to more than your own side. And as it turns out, this is an issue which is bipartisan. So it's pretty easy to find that common ground where we can all go forward. But just a general rule, it takes 60 votes to pass anything in the Senate. That means you got to have right now at least 10 members of the other party, uh, whichever party you're a member of. So uh, Ed Markey is on uh, one side. Ben Ray Lujan uh, is one of our other sponsors. My goal is to get something done and not to have a talking point. You absolutely have a couple of fans here from Tech Gumbo who will use our platform to help you as much as you would like us to do so. Hey, guys, I appreciate it. I'm just so glad that y'all are spreading the word. We do have one other thing we'd like to ask about. The Section 230 of the uh, Communication Decency Act, the whole thing governing the social media. Can you give us some insight as to where where you, you your, your, your stances are on that? Yes, yeah, take it wicked, of course. On the one hand, people rightfully like 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 Twitter just 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 uh, canceled the Babylon Bee for what was clearly satire and was actually, frankly, kind of a statement of biological fact. And so Twitter has this incredible power, uh, yet they are a private company. And as a rule, we've said that private companies have the right to do with what they want with their own platform. The, and I'll say, though, they're a private company, but they've gained the stature that the three legacy TV networks had back in the 50s, 60s, and 70s, where in a sense, they're such a dominant player that they're the only game in town. So we've got to thread that needle. John Thune has a bill which requires transparency on the issue. If someone is going to be taken off, you have to know why they're being taken off. And it has to at least pass the... The smell test? The laugh test. Uh, you got to be kidding. Again, the Babylon Bee is clearly a satire magazine. Are we going to ban satire or will we only ban satire which offends me? By the way, the definition of good satire is that it offends somebody. So uh, Thune's bill, uh, John Thune, a Republican from South Dakota, just let's just make sure we know what it's about. I have a sense once you begin canceling people on the left for satire, uh, they will be more sympathetic for people on the right who are canceled because of satire and vice versa and will end up roughly where we should be. That is an interesting take. We're really glad to hear your perspective on it. Hey, guys, thank you very much for the um, 
uh, interview. I look forward to when some of this passes to come back and have a follow-up call. That would we would love to have you back. You're welcome to come back on Tech Gumbo anytime you'd ever like, Senator. Okay, thank you, gentlemen. Have a great day. All right, thanks. Thank you again. Really appreciate it. Bye. -bye. And that was Senator Bill Cassidy from the great state of Louisiana. Very proud to have him on. We want to thank General Informatics for sponsoring our show. General Informatics is an information technology firm with a mission to make our clients even more successful through the best use of technology. Based in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, General Informatics is a premier IT managed service provider delivering exceptional managed IT solutions to a diverse base of customers across the southeastern United States. From the beginning, we have maintained our commitment to meeting the growing needs of our clients through continuous innovation. With over 20 years of experience and a team of 180 plus employees, including technicians, engineers, program designers, GI has evolved to become the leading IT partner of business schools and government agencies. Our managed services teams can run your digital infrastructure or support your team on an on-demand basis, letting you focus on your business strengths. This has become a proven formula. So proven that 98% of our clients continue to do business with us year after year. Whether you need IT services, new technology, or have a question, visit us on the web at geninf.com. If you enjoyed our show today, we are here on Talk 107.3 FM every Saturday at 4 p.m. And the show reruns Sundays also at 4 p.m. If you missed any part of the show or you'd like to hear this or previous episodes, check out our podcast available on almost every podcast platform, including iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music Audible, and more. When you're there, be sure to subscribe so you get notified every time we post a new episode. If you like our show or you have any suggestions, let us know on our website at www.techgumbo.net. You can also always text us 225-255-0431. Thank you for listening to Tech Gumbo.